what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. <laughs> oh. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. You heard and that we'll all- see you next time. Thank you. <laughs> right. no. You heard that already in the intro, but that's fine. Um, uh, Harris, have you happened to listen to any of our past couple of episodes? No. Why? You're really calling me out here. That's embarrassing. I, I would, uh, no, I know. There's no reason necessarily to listen to it. I was just curious because I, uh, I added something different to the intro and so I oh shoot okay well i need to do that then okay well it doesn't matter now but uh we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll tune in next week to see if harris likes the addition i made to the um intro that makes it sound really weird but i don't know Excellent. why i put it in there just anyway you, you'll no, you'll the know the tension it. all the people listening are like we just listened to it what do you mean yeah how do you not know <laughs> The tension is killing me and only me. So you'll just have to wait for uh, next week to hear what Harris thinks about it. So anyway, a nice little incentive to keep listening because <laughs> we need incentives for people to listen. Clearly, because I guess we're not quite successful on our own. I don't know where this is going. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna see how long you would go. I was just like, let him, let him get it out, let him, let him, let him vent. It doesn't matter. All right, it's fine. But uh, for this week. Harris has a topic for us again, maybe. Again, maybe. Again, I do, and we're just—I guess we are just going to jump right into it because I'm <laughs> no, trying. No, to no, think... no, no, no. We're not. No, we're not. I no? wanted to okay. start with okay, this. Cool. We're, we're going to start a little different today. Okay. Because today we are going to start with what's up with David Arquette. Because, Harris, what is today? And now we are recording this on Sunday, just just so you guys know. This is coming out on Monday, but we're recording on Sunday. And so on today, Sunday, or yesterday if you're listening, what is this day, Harris? Wait, give me a drum roll. Give me a drum roll. That's enough. Uh, it's David Arquette's birthday! Yay! Hooray! It is David Arquette, our patron saint's birthday today, and so that is a pretty huge deal. That is a pretty huge deal. Uh, his birthday is September 8th, 1971. He is 48 years old today. And he looks great. He does. Looks look best shape of his life, as the old wrestling cliche and, and uh, sports in general cliche goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, it is it is accurate. He really does because he's in wrestling shape. Yeah, that's that. It's hard, man. That's what I've heard. Yeah, It'd yeah. Be weird we, if it wasn't. I guess yeah, we, I haven't we don't tried, know. so I don't know. But yeah, we just have to know what we hear. And uh, but yeah, today is David Arquette's birthday. So go and uh, go and like and retweet my happy birthday tweet from from yesterday. If you're listening to this now, go and go and do that and help spread the love for our our. Uh, 
patron saint. Of course. Watch some of his movies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch some of his movies. A little ready to rumble action, little uh little scream action, little eight legged freaks action. Yeah. He was in Muppets from Space. I'm looking at David Wick- Arquette's <laughs> Wikipedia page now. I'm learning yes, some things yes, here. Yes he was. That yes, is fantastic. Was. I did not know that. Yeah, little little bit part in that, so you can you can watch some of that. There's there's tons of options for you. Whatever He's you in a feel movie. like. Yeah, go ahead. He was in a movie called Hamlet Two. <laughs> I assume it's related to the Shakespeare thing although i don't know how this is fun we're just pivoting fully into becoming a david arquette podcast now i'm i to be honest i'm a little disappointed we haven't already well maybe someday we're gonna run out of topics eventually there's only so much wrestling out there you know? like i already said i i thought of this like a year ago as one one of the things we could do is like watch a david arquette movie and then talk about that as a segment like just just you know each week or each couple of weeks just watch watch one of his movies and then talk about it the other option is just to say screw it completely and not do a i mean I, this might be what you meant not do a wrestling topic at all <laughs> just both go watch a david arquette movie and that is the topic for the week and that yes that 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 to be honest is not a terrible idea either um okay i have two there's two other things i'm seeing here uh under video games david arquette has been in some video games uh, the first one that I think is actually pretty cool is he was a voice actor in SSX Tricky, which is hard to say. SSX Tricky, the snowboarding game, which was an awesome game. I remember it very fondly. Apparently, he was in that game voicing uh, Eddie Wachowski. That's pretty cool. But more importantly, uh, in 2004, uh, the title of this video game is ESPN NFL 2K5. Mm-hmm. Uh, the role he played is himself. David Arquette was an unlockable character in NFL 2K5 as himself. What? Yeah, I don't. We're about to derail the podcast completely because I have to get to the bottom of this. But that's literally what it says. How did I not know? I remember 2K5. Well, I, I guess mean, you I didn't mean, unlock I was, him. I mean, me and my friends were always, you know, we we were always choosing to play Madden over the NFL 2K games. But but like I'm, I know. One of us had 2K5. That was one with, uh, shoot, um, there, I feel like there was like an Eagles player. Yeah, Terrell uh, Owens. Was yeah, on yeah, the yeah, cover. yeah. Terrell Owens was on the cover of that one. All right, we're we're looking this up now. You guys are hearing yeah, this in real time. And uh, is my topic short this week? Am I stalling for time? Maybe a little bit. It's fine. You uh, you have no idea. That's what only only we know. All right, let's see. I found a forum called I Hate David Arquette. Yes, I just found that. I'm on it too. This is great. <laughs> that's pretty uh, That's So there's funny. a celebrity game mode? Is that the option? This is from 2004, and we can still read this idiot's comments. I heard the same years later. line 30 times. That's funny. Every time I audibled, he said the same stupid thing, and that box with his ugly face in it was blocking my play. If I saw him rocking down the street, I just might punch him in the face for how annoying he is in this game. (laughs) Oh, man, that is awesome. That is awesome. I just we we really are. I want to know more about this. I just don't understand. Is it a celebrity thing? Like I just 
Yes, okay, here we go. One of the features in the game is a celebrity game involving Jamie Kennedy, Steve-O, David Arquette, Funkmaster Flex, or Carmen Electra. <laughs> Steve-O. The, play- the player plays, I guess this is like a career mode thing. The player plays against the celebrity with his or her own custom team of pro bowlers. It's like celebrity grudge matches. Wait, so which one? Let's see. The, yeah, this says... Uh, let's see. Yeah, this is this is weird. Yeah, so it's like a celebrity's team of Pro yeah. Bowl players. Yeah, so it's like personal grudge match. Like, yeah. okay, I guess the Funk Masters is Funk Master Flex... Carmen Electra is obviously the Cincinnati Electra shock, which is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Do you think David Arquette is the LA Dream Team or the Los Angeles Locos? I really hope it's the Los Angeles Locos. That also feels more right to me. That feels more on brand. I agree. Although if it was really on brand, it would be like the Los Angeles like jokesters or the, or yeah, the Los Angeles jo- like jo- like clowns or something like that. <laughs> I was going to say Jesters, maybe. Oh, something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with that. I agree. That That's the best one. The L.A. Very Jesters nice. should be uh, David Arquette's name. His team's name. <laughs> These celebrities appear in a small box and use trash talk. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, no, I really... I, I would say I'm sorry for getting us into this but i'm not i'm pretty happy with where this is going to be honest with you that's incredible that is now now it makes me want to buy 2k5 again i still have my ps2 like i I don't i don't play video games i still just have my ps2 Mm -hmm. and i could definitely play this and it it will happen i'm no this isn't even a question this will happen and we will talk about it perfect i can't wait that'll be a topic one week it's hilarious too because i'm looking for it and there's no pictures yeah no none because nobody ever in 2005 was like (laughs) oh yeah you know what's really cool that david arquette is in this football game oh man that's a shame incredible and we're just gonna have to provide them it looks like there's cheat codes for it okay okay are any of them like play as david arquette in all of the like make every player david arquette or anything like that like you can I, change you know the skins I, and stuff i don't know let's see i'm really glad we led with this this has been yeah uh, there's the uh let's see uh this is like the way you unlock things okay so i don't see any cheat codes for for that on there wait a second this game has a first person camera <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible that's terrible but it's awesome yeah that's pretty great you better hope it's a handoff or you're never gonna know what you're doing <laughs> not gonna know where anything is going no because we can't actually play football at that level so like putting us in their shoes is a terrible idea let's see uh yeah there's not really any good cheat codes I miss cheat codes, man. Now you just pay money for them. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. The best cheat code in the history of any sports, or really of any game of all time, is MVP Baseball 2005, which is still the best, it's still the best baseball game, I think, ever. And that has the best way to unlock, you can unlock everything. All you got to do is create a player and create a player named Katie Roy, and then 
That's it. You don't have to do anything else. Just put in the name Katie Roy, and then it unlocks every single thing on the game. Every team, every stadium, <laughs> everything. It's great. What? How do you spell that? Like K-A-T-E-I. Like T-I-E? Yeah, yeah. T-I-E and then R-O-Y as the last name. Do and you then, think that that is that someone's girlfriend? Like, is that a programmer who was dating a girl named Katie or liked a girl named Katie? And he was like, we'll just make it this then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. I really hope so. That's pretty good. Oh, uh, man. Okay, here we go. You can type in Crib Max to unlock every crib team, which I think those are the celebrity teams. Yeah, that sounds right. So, uh, yeah, that you type that in. And you can unlock everything on NFL 2K5, all the all the uh, celebrity teams. So shout out to our patron video game, NFL 2K5. It, it is. All right, it was now the first... let's see if we can get sponsored by NFL 2K5. Yeah, dude, it's vintage. It's great. <laughs> it released. It shipped at 19.99. It shipped at twenty dollars. Oh man, when yeah. it first came out. Yeah, back then that was big money. Well, no, it wasn't. NFL, like Madden sold for 50 In 2005? Yeah, Madden sold for $50. No, it did 2K not. Was like, no, it Dude, did I'm, not. No, you, no can't just go on, you can't just get on Wikipedia and lie about these sorts of things. There's no way that was $50. Yeah. Back then? Yeah, it was still a deal. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought 40, $50, 50 video games wasn't until, like, that's only been in, like, the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. No, it's been like because I remember the tick was like up to sixty. Because I remember when they were yeah, fifty, and yeah, it was about this time. To, they did go up to that. Gosh, yeah. I did not realize they'd been that expensive for that long. Man. Okay. Yeesh. But not two K five because it's a great value at a great price. And I remember the game sucked too. So, <laughs> I mean, that's why they quit. You know, making them, and because Madden was way better. In every single thing, except it doesn't have David Arquette. So that automatically Not- means NFL 2K5 is the best game ever. And let's see, I can get it for five for four ninety nine with free shipping. There you go. See, somebody's just trying to get rid of it, and that is fine with me. I think somebody, I'm, I think somebody went meant to write offense, defense, and special teams because I'm looking at the wiki for the game, and it just says offense, defense, team. <laughs> these are just these are just the controls. This is not helpful to me at all. Yeah, this does seem uh, like it's not going to be easy. <laughs> we'll report back. We'll do a if we do we still have the YouTube channel? We'll just have Mark do a playthrough. Oh, of course of... we do. We do. St- oh, that's a great idea. Oh, dude, you're gonna have to come over and we'll do a uh, playthrough playing uh, NFL 2K5, and then oh, like, that sounds amazing. We'll, we'll make a behind the grill a Twitch. Uh, profile <laughs> one video with no with no viewers we just talked for 30 minutes into the void about david arquette <laughs> oh that would be great all right if you guys want us to do that just uh tweet us on uh at, at behind underscore gorilla tweet us i'll put a poll out there on monday so it should be up um pretty soon to when you guys are listening to this and go and uh go and let us know if you would if you would uh, watch a us play through playing with David Arquette on NFL 2K5 on on PS2. Okay, so I found the um 
I assume this is taken from the game manual, although I don't know it's possible somebody just wrote it. But we were right. David Arquette is the Locos, the Los Angeles Locos. Yay. All right, we got the team breakdown here, a scouting report. This is the first line. The Locos are loaded with talent, and David Arquette just seems loaded. Second (laughs) sentence. His mouth is pretty annoying, so not a fan here. So it's David Arquette. Yeah, it's heel David Arquette. But on his team is Michael Vick, Marvin Harrison, Clinton Portis, and Terrell Owens. So, oh my, good luck beating him. Dude, Clinton Portis was my dude back then. I just imagine Michael Vick and Terrell Owens on the same team in 2005. My word, he's going to yeah, beat everyone. That's, that's, that's an awesome team right there. Okay, apparently if you play Steve-O, he goes for an onside kick every time and goes for two every two-point conversion. <laughs> He's that guy. That is incredible. And then for the other three celebrities, it just says coming soon. So <laughs> oh. I guess we'll never know what Carmen Electra's team was like. I'll, I'll find out. All right. Oh, that my is, goodness. Uh, that's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. Happy birthday, David Arquette. Thank yes, you happy for continuing birthday, to bring David joy Arquette. into our lives. And we continue. Dude, we just had another unexpected David Arquette. But it yeah, only did. it would have been better if we were playing the game, but that would have never happened. The other great thing about it. All right, so I just ordered it. I just ordered uh, this game. <laughs> Perfect. For PlayStation 2. And so it will be... Uh, it it'll be coming at some point, and then we'll we'll do we'll do some sort of either play along or we'll just play it and let you know what happened. Uh, okay, I just want to say this too before we segue completely, and this is not related to anything that has to do with wrestling or this podcast. Let me know when we play. We have to check for this because the only two K game I ever had was a college game, and it had probably my favorite. I don't even think it was a glitch, but it should have been a glitch in any game I've ever played, which is like in any other game. You turn off sides off, and your defensive player will just kind of hit a boundary, right? Because right. he can't jump off sides. Right. Which is like, it's, that seems like that would be the only way that you would ever do that. So, you know, if you're bored or you're lazy, you can just, if you want to blitz, you just run in place against the line of scrimmage until the instant the ball snapped. Yeah, I do that and all the And then it will time. let your player run through and go after the quarterback. Right. In 2K3, they just don't have a penalty for it. So you can just run up next to the quarterback and wait for him to snap the ball and then tackle him. It's absolutely incredible. It's the dumbest design loophole I've ever seen in a game. And I love it. It was awesome. I do love that. That's great. Oh, man. Anyway, we just talked for way too long. Just going like, uh, hmm, let's look this up. Uh, hmm. I might have to uh, edit some of that. So if you think if you're thinking, oh, that wasn't really that long. It's because I edited some of the stuff down. But anyway, that's our segment. What's up with David Arquette? Happy birthday to our patron saint. And uh, thank you for every all the joy you've given us over the years. Okay, now it's time to get into our topic for this week because I I have no current events. I have no current things this week. We did our all. We watched all out and did that last week, and there's not really anything going this week. Although I, you know what, Harris, I know Harris has something he wants to talk about. So no, go ahead, I don't, go and I hate. Look, I go didn't ahead watch talk it. about I it. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know what happened. I was working all week, and I saw that it happened, and I was like, oh shoot, okay. 
and I just I never had time to catch up on it, and I knew you were going to ask me about it. I don't. I it's cool. That's great. Good for her. I support her fully in whatever Bailey chooses to do, obviously. But in terms of like, oh, I thought it was really interesting that she said, you know, this or did that. I have no idea. Absolutely none. I'm okay. really letting myself down here. Well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> never mind then. Our our resident Bailey superfan has nothing to comment on her uh, supposed heel I, turn. So I told you knows. the only thing that matters is, okay, well, I do have one thing. To say. One, obviously, I support her in whatever she chooses to do. Two, there is a difference between, like, turning heel because you're fighting somebody who the fans like and turning heel and, like, giving all the little children in the audience the middle finger and, like, cheating to win and stuff like that. Right, right. I feel like this one is more the former and it's more just like, hey, Sasha Banks is my friend. She's fighting Becky Lynch, who's the face and everyone mm-hmm. likes. So I'm going to team up with her against Becky, which is fine and still great for her because that's the thing about Bailey is if you don't let her like be aggressive, then people don't take her that seriously. So I appreciate sure. that she's just got a little kick to her again, sure. at least for now. Listen, when she loses the title to Charlotte in two weeks at Clash of Champions – I'll have a lot to say about that. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> that is, that's very true. That's a good point. Okay, so fair enough. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, yeah, you know, you go, girl. You do it. All right. So because we have nothing else to talk about, current stuff, which is probably a good thing to be honest. Um, all right, we'll get into the topic for this week, and uh, Harris. So uh, take it away. Okay. Okay, so um, let me start by saying we're not in WWE this week. We oh, got out of wow, that. the first one in like six months for Harris. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive, and, that's um, impressive. Yeah, I was led there in a pretty uh, a pretty natural way. I just kind of started thinking, basically because this year King of the Ring is back, right? And it's okay. been fine. I don't know, like the, it introduces matches with some stakes. And oh, I will say, format, I did whatever. watch, okay, hold on. Slight pause for just a second. <laughs> With as far as current wrestling goes, I have watched something from this past Raw. I watched Chad Gable win against someone. I forgot who he wrestled. Who did he? Oh yeah, Andrade. Yeah, yeah. He beat he beat Andrade to advance to the semifinals in the King of the Ring. So I was pretty excited about that. I I love Chad Gable. Heck and, yeah, dude. Uh, He's he's awesome. He's one of the best in-ring performers in 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 the WWE. And it's just a shame cuz he has no character or anything. They they've given him absolutely zero to say or do or anything. They even had him cut his hair. So now he looks even more generic than yes, what he did before. Yeah, so I was just thinking that he just looks really bland and small. It's a, it's and a shame. And at least with the hair, it was it was something. Yeah, there was something. I know exactly there. what you mean. And so I'm not sure why they did that or why he wanted to do that or whatever, whoever in, initiated it. But watching that match, the crowd started to get behind him um, by, by, the, uh, by the end. I think this was, on Sma- this was on SmackDown, not Raw, excuse me. This was on SmackDown this past week. And uh, the crowd was getting behind him, and he was getting a little bit, you know, getting, getting some, some cheers and stuff. So, I don't know. Hopefully that's a good sign, and he's getting a little bit of a mini- type of push some wins here in this this tournament so hopefully it mm-hmm. leads to something anyway I, that was literally the only thing that i watched was that match because i heard that he won and i was like oh that's exciting yeah yeah i mean i think it's one of those things where the, almost the best thing they could do if they want to get him over is just book him in matches that he loses a couple of times until the fans get really mad and they're like oh yeah he's getting buried 
we love Chad Gable now. Yeah, you know, and then that's how the fans get behind him. I feel like that's the only option. I, I uh, to be honest, I don't know if fans care enough about him for that that way necessarily to work. Yeah, but I mean, maybe. it would just it would have to keep happening. That's really the only thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, now going back to the topic at hand, topic at hand, you you reminded me because you said King of the Ring. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I started thinking. I was, I thought honestly, I don't know a lot about King of the Ring. Maybe I could do an episode about the worst King of the Ring or something King themed, like the worst King of the Ring winner or yeah. the worst King of the Ring tournament or something like that. And I'm not saying we'll never do that, but I looked into it. And to be honest, King of the Ring is either like amazing, it's a great, like really significant moment, like Austin 316 sort of moment, or it's just a pretty mediocre pay-per-view for a mediocre heel to run with for a few months. That's it. There's usually nothing that crazy that happens, nothing that I could find that warranted, you know, being mentioned on this show. But then I thought of a different king of wrestling that we could talk about, Mark. Oh wait, hold I, on. It better yep. be it better be Jimmy King. Oh no, it's not. Wow. It's absolutely not. Sorry, David Arquette. That's a shame. Not this week. Oh well. But uh <laughs> Uh it's not Jerry the King either. It's not King Harley. It's not King Harley Race, who okay. had the moniker for a little while when he right. was in WWE. No. So talk about this king, Mark. This is a king that's still pretty new to the industry, wait relatively hold speaking. On. Yep. Is this uh I I I I is it King Maxel? Is it who? King Maxel. Oh yes, it is. Yes. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> to, to be honest, I didn't actually know if it was or not. That just popped into my head. Yeah, it is, buddy. So <laughs> we're gonna start the story just a few years ago. I was barely a wrestling fan. It's around 2016, you know. Uh, Shane McMahon came back to WWE and everybody thought Yay. it was amazing. And then, and then he had a mediocre match at WrestleMania and has just been kind of coasting ever since. And the cruiserweight. Harris, he's the best in the world. <laughs> he's the best in the world. So we can trademark that. It's ours now. <laughs> it's a different person, though. Don't look it up. Don't Google right. that. Yeah, don't, please. The, uh, <laughs> and the cruiserweight classic is happening, you know, like the forebears of 205 Live and Kevin Owens wins the Universal title and. Adam Cole is fighting at Ring of Honor and Ricochet and a newly independent Cody Rhodes are wrestling at uh, the Battle of Los Angeles. But we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about the king of wrestling in 2016, the breakout star, I would argue, of 2016. We're here to talk about King Maxwell. Uh, specifically, well, we'll talk about a few things. We'll talk about his career um, his eventual in-ring debut, and then kind of what he's done since then. Because like I said, he's still got a lot to go, you know? Because if, if anyone is listening to this and you don't know who King Maxwell is, you haven't Googled it yet, and you think, why is this indie wrestler the topic of Mark and Harris's wrestling podcast this week? It's because King Maxwell is Matt Hardy's son. <laughs> And you might be thinking, oh, uh, well, okay, uh, you know, a lot of wrestlers' kids become wrestlers. Yeah. And, yeah. and you would be right. But also, but, Matt Hardy is, what, f like 48? Yeah, yeah. So, so if, you're, if like you're, doing, you're doing quick math, you're like, all right, well, you know, or, or you know, mid-40s or whatever he is. Uh, I don't think he's that old, actually. Maybe 45. You might be thinking, okay, maybe, you know, he had a kid, like, 
you know, 25 or something. And, and so his kid's like, you know, around 20 and, and starting the business. Well, not, not exactly. No, because look, anyone else, yeah, you have to be, oh, I don't know, 18 or 17 years old in the case of last week. Legally speaking, you typically have to be 18 years old to, you know, yeah. like make a pro wrestling debut. You're quote unquote supposed to be. Right. Unless you're Rey uh, Mysterio and you're 13. Right. Well, you know, or Paige. Like, there are exceptions to right. this. But King Maxwell beats them all, man. King Maxwell's a prodigy. Because King Maxwell made his in-ring debut when he was one year old. <laughs> That's right, y'all. But, but before we get to that, because there's just a couple, there's a couple things I want to highlight about King Maxwell. The first is that he is the inspiration for some of the greatest feuds we saw in pro wrestling in 2016, okay? Um, we, we don't really have the time to walk through all of the broken Matt Hardy saga right now in this episode because <laughs> the episode would be four hours long. That, that, on, that honestly, like well, a, that'll be an episode at some point. That's like a four-part special of an yeah, episode. At least three come to my mind watching this. It, it'll happen at some point for sure. Yeah, but at this point, what you need to know is, you know, Matt and Jeff Hardy, they're in TNA at the time. This is a TNA episode. It's like our third or fourth. And they're kind of just they're kind of just playing the hits. Like, I don't want to say that they're coasting because I'm sure there was some interesting stuff going on, but it's like Matt and Jeff Hardy were in a tag team. And now they're not, and Matt turned on Jeff, and he resents Jeff because everyone likes Jeff more because he's more interesting, I mean more exciting, I mean more daring in the ring. So Better. They're having, right. <laughs> so they're having that fight. Uh, they've had it before. We've talked about the times they've had it before, at least some of them. But then something different happens, and they have an I Quit match. And Matt Hardy eats a swanton bomb through a table, takes a pretty nasty little crack on his head, and they do a stretcher job, you know, run him out, medical facility, all that stuff. And at this point, there's nothing that would have happened in the feud that y you would think is that different. You know, certainly nothing worthy of being mentioned on this podcast, except <laughs> uh, head trauma makes its long-delayed appearance in kayfabe when after eating that shot through the table— uh, Matt Hardy has changed. His wife comes and is telling Jeff Hardy, look, he's different now. I don't know what you did to him, but he's quiet. He's resentful. He's brooding. He's a different man, and you need to fix this. But Matt Hardy's been broken, y'all. And this would open the door. Again, we don't have time to go into all of the ludicrous details right now. But for the weird, weird, wonderful world of broken Matt Hardy, and it started off as a war with Jeff Hardy, his brother Nero, he started to call him and he's got, you know, a dyed white streak in his hair and it's sticking up and he's talking like, I don't know, an eccentric Victorian billionaire is how but, I think of it. What do you think is a good description it, for that? He, but it doesn't stay. Like No, it, it doesn't. It comes and goes. And, <laughs> and it's great. Right. Like everything about this character is eccentric, including like the performance sometimes. It's really hard to put into words considering I didn't research this particular topic. If you don't know what Broken Matt Hardy is like, I just go watch it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it has to be consumed to fully appreciate. Yes, you can't really do it justice, certainly not over a phone call. But he, he continues this feud with Brother Nero, and, you know, Jeff Hardy is 
playing the straight man, and he's nominally the face, but everyone is so into this thing Matt Hardy's doing that I don't think that many people are really rooting for him at this point. And he's, he's trying to get Matt to come to his senses, but Matt is just on a whole nother planet, you know? And on the year, on, on the one year anniversary of King Maxwell's birth, on his first birthday, he has promised and connived and forced Jeff Hardy into signing a contract for the final deletion. This is what he calls the, the epic match that he will have with his brother, Brother Nero, at his house, House Hardy, the Hardy compound, in order to delete his <laughs> twisted brother. Now, if this doesn't make any sense to you, it's because you didn't pause the podcast and go watch this while it was happening, <laughs> like I told you to do. But that's fine. It, the reason he's doing all this, and he mentioned it explicitly to his wife, he says, we're here on Maxwell's first birthday, and my gift to him is beyond any physical thing, beyond any toy xylophone, which is what he gets from Senior Benjamin. It's beautiful. It's a magnificent gift. But it's beyond that, right? He says, I'm going to give Maxwell, the only heir to House Hardy, the gift of deleting my brother, of cutting him off from the family tree you're like oh okay so this is all because of king maxwell that's the takeaway here everything that happens from this point on it's to protect king maxwell and his inheritance it's to make house hardy better and stronger and more honorable and he goes on to have this match the final deletion which again we just can't can't fully do justice but it involves oh fireworks and um (laughs) There's a ring built in the woods in the middle of the night, and they, they fight there, and there's a camera crew. And uh, I don't know, Mark, am I missing anything? What else do the people need to know about the final deletion in the episode where we're not talking about the final deletion? That, that's, another, that's another thing where we can't – it can't be explained. Um, it, it just can't. Like it, it, yeah. it, 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 just, it just can't. It just can't. That's – no, you're, you're absolutely right. But he goes on to You have to, to watch have it. This, this ludicrous compound match. And when you think of a wrestling match, like you have to not think of Bray Wyatt's house of horrors. You have to imagine like something like that. If it was done well, then it was fun and entertaining to watch. No, 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 no. That's Bray, kind of Bray Wyatt's anything came as a direct result of all yes, of the broken absolutely. hearty things. Everything, right. basically the character of Bray Wyatt at that point, just turned into their own trying. Because, again, Vince McMahon has no idea about anything that's not WWE. And so it just is like, oh, something worked. We need one. And it's like, well, how did it happen? It it doesn't matter. Just we need one. Just go with it. They they like the internet likes those weird matches that are off-site in somebody's creepy house. So let's do that. Right. And they inevitably just flat out are horrible because because they miss everything that's the point there's nobody on on the staff to say hey vince i think the reason that the final deletion and the ensuing specials which we'll talk about later i think the reason those went over so well is because they were kind of silly and they were like a wink and a nod to the audience and they had inside jokes and they broke the fourth wall sometimes because it was just something goofy and different and people like to have fun right vince was like no it has to be serious it's got to be a real house of horrors in there Right. Gotta be creepy. Now WWE serious. was they 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 kind of got it together when when they actually got the Hardys back and then did that. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Halloween special? That House Hardy. I, I 
was going to bring that up. Yes, okay. I did. Because that, yes, wa- that, was, that was pretty good. That wasn't bad. Yeah. So That was uh, pretty much exactly it. So Because they just got the real people to do it. <laughs> yeah. So the final deletion happens. And, like, everything I just talked about at the beginning of the episode about, like, what happened in 2016 in the world of professional wrestling just completely stopped. And the entire – at least the entire internet wrestling community kind of stopped and looked at one another and said – well, that was incredible. I don't know quite no, well, what it no, was. No, 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 not quite. It it was it was pretty decisive. It was pretty divisive. Um, right, but it there, was there were people. There were plenty watch, of people. Right? There were plenty of people that were like, "This is the stupidest thing that's ever happened in wrestling." But but I think the majority enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not arguing that it's not stupid. That's the thing. <laughs> but I am right. saying it was delightful. And I feel like the people who enjoy it, that's their immediate reaction. And it kind of the entire special, the entire match is really kind of the spirit of this whole podcast. It really, the best it really sense. is. Like yes, the, that was ridiculous. And I loved it. And I want to see more of it. Yep. And for a very long time, they delivered more of it. So after the first final deletion, Matt has defeated his brother. The, the contract they signed before this match Gave the winner exclusive rights to the Hardy name. So he's protected the Hardy brand, which despite all this weird like broken mat transformation, that was what he set out to do in this feud with Jeff Hardy was ensure that the brand would be with him and his family for his wife and his son's future. So the entire reason that we ever got broken Matt Hardy, that's right. It's because of King Maxwell. That's point number one that I just want (laughs) to highlight for everyone as we walk through King Maxwell's career so far. It's all because of him. The night after the final deletion, we see him – we see Matt hosting a screening of the final deletion in his home theater. And by the way, Matt Hardy I think is a legitimately insane person, at least the combination of he and his wife together. They're absolutely both insane. They have their own like custom movie theater in their house, which is cool. And lining the walls outside the theater are photoshopped pictures of themselves on different movie posters. <laughs> so it might be like, you know, Casino Royale or something, except it's Matt Hardy's face on Daniel Craig's body and Rebecca Hardy's face on the model's body. <laughs> And it's just it's a lot of weird stuff like that. Matt Hardy is hosting all of his friends and family and they're here to watch the final deletion. And right there in the front row is Maxwell. And he looks so uncomfortable. Not like, (laughs) oh, I'm a baby and I don't want to be here. Like his act, his performance is incredible. He just looks back and forth at Matt and the screen and is like, I don't like this. This makes me uncomfortable. And I'm a little scared of you. So not only is he the reason for this entire feud. He's also proving almost immediately that he's a natural talent. He's a great performer. He knows how to tell a story before he even sets foot in the ring. WrestleMania champion 2035. Oh, yeah, dude. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to be there. We're going to say we called it. That'll be the year they finally put <laughs> David Arquette in the Hall of Fame. And It'll I... be the greatest weekend of our lives. Oh, man. That would be the greatest weekend. We'd have to make that trip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we'd have to go to that Hall of Fame. Forget WrestleMania. We just have to go to the Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> we'd get thrown out. We'd be too excited. We would. We would just wreck the ambiance out of the whole thing. We'd be one of those, you know, dicks who are just screaming things while the people are trying to give these nice speeches. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, we can dream. Yeah. So at the, as the, at the end of the screening, just in case you think, oh, maybe Harris is exaggerating this a little bit for comedic effect. I would never do that on something as serious as a wrestling podcast. Never. But if you still doubt me, at the end of the screening, Matt Hardy cuts a promo about his triumph, about how he's secured the Hardy brand for himself and his family and his son. And he picks up King Maxwell and he does the Lion King thing. Like at the front of the theater, he holds him up to the crowd. The Simba cam. And he goes, all hail King Maxwell. And all the people go, all hail King Maxwell. <laughs> and it's absolutely incredible. And then they keep they keep on going. They just keep right on rolling. Uh, eventually, Brother Nero has broke, you know, broken Jeff Hardy. Now Brother Nero joins the family. They start feuding with other people in TNA at the time, including um, a faction known as the Decay, I believe. Now, I'm not super yep. familiar with them, but they're spooky and they're like they're not quite zombies. But like that's obviously the vibe they give off because they're called Decay. Rosemary, Crazy Steve. Yeah, Crazy Steve, but spelled weird. Cause yeah. That's trademarked or he's, something. Because he's crazy. Because he's crazy, right, exactly. Ooh. And we learn that not only is King Maxwell the most important thing in the most important angle in pro wrestling in 2016, not only is he a talented actor, he's also a talented musician. Uh, one week on Impact, we see the Hardy family gather in their house in North Carolina to sing Obsolete, which is just kind of their, oh, I don't know, house words Maybe that's the best way to describe sure. it. I'll they're, fade they're, away. They're, they're creed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fade away and classify myself as obsolete. And mm-hmm. Rebecca is there playing the piano, and Matt is singing, and Jeff is singing, and that's incredible because Jeff Hardy has like all of the rock star charisma and like thirty percent of the rock star talent. If that. But he's really just going for it. It's oh awesome. no, he is. He 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 does. He has everything about it except the voice. Yeah. Yeah. But so, he tries, um, and he still writes he really music does. and stuff, and so you got to respect it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Now, Harris, and, um, would you like to sing us the song? No, I really don't want to. I, I really do want you to. I just need to – hang on. Let me pull it up so I make sure I don't get it wrong, and I'll try not to play it into the TV. But I've only – like I only discovered this while I was doing the research for this episode, you know? <laughs> so I got to uh, – Jeff Hardy, new theme song, Obsolete. Is this it? Let's see. I have no idea. No, that's this is Jeff Hardy like singing his own cover of it. That's yeah, no that's good. the other one. This is great audio content for y'all. But while I'm explaining this, <laughs> imagine they're singing this song, and then he looks at Maxwell and says, Take it away, Maxwell. And Maxwell has his little children's piano set up right in front of him and just starts crushing it, just cranking it out right alongside his mom. They harmonize perfectly with their respective piano playing. And as he hits those beautiful, beautiful notes, Matt Hardy has another premonition that there's going to be another attack on the Hardy compound. There's going to be another war. And I'm not saying if that hadn't have happened, they never would have known that decay was coming to invade, but they definitely would have never known if Maxwell Hardy hadn't played that song and played it so well that it triggered Matt's premonition. Maxwell basically saved the whole family. That's that's my <laughs> second point with his musical talent. That's the next thing that happened. So the Hardys run back to the Impact Center because they know they have a match with Decay, but they also know 
a war is coming. He's had a premonition. Something is going to happen. They run back to the impact zone, which is hilarious because this is happening in the same episode of Impact, I believe. Uh, impact tapes in Orlando, Florida, in the impact zone. <laughs> and the Hardys live in North Carolina, like rural North Carolina. That's that's the premise of all of these things, that they have these massive sprawling compounds in the middle of the woods where all of this nonsense takes place. But Matt and Jeff race back to the impact zone, and they're there for their match by the main event. Of course. And, um, you know, cue the Admiral Akbar gifts because it's a trap. Obviously, they show up and only crazy Steve is there to take the match. He loses. And then he says, yeah, you really think that we'd be that dumb, though, because uh, King Maxwell isn't your baby anymore. And he's not Rebby's baby. He's Rosemary's baby, which is <laughs> bad. Get joke. it. Get it. Yeah, you get, get it. it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Now, the first time, I will say this, I was a little disappointed in this feud because the first time I saw this video, you know, I'm doing my research and Crazy Steve tells Matt that King Maxwell is Rosemary's baby. I was like, are we getting some illegitimate parenting in here? Are you serious? <laughs> are we doing that? Are we going to have a King Maxwell on a pole match? No. Uh, I'm Not your po- yet. I'm your poppy? Yeah, no, unfortunately. I'm your mommy? No. No, they just meant Rosemary stealing the baby, which is still a heck of a thing. But I think we've been desensitized a little bit by at least, At least it didn't mean that Maxwell was the devil's spawn. Right, yeah, no. I mean, that could still happen in the future. Anything's possible. It, but it, it, Yeah, Yeah. that also is not what that meant. It just meant that Decay is invading the compound while they're gone. So we get a great scene of... <laughs> Matt Hardy trying to FaceTime his family and you see King Maxwell hears the phone ring from his crib and his crib is in like the Matt Hardy custom weight room that is painted like Matt Hardy's colors and has pictures of Matt Hardy all over it. (laughs) It's great. It's not even the broken Matt Hardy character. That's just actual Matt Hardy decorates his house like that. They come racing back home and Rosemary has kidnapped the baby. They get separated she fakes throwing the baby off the balcony. Like, Rebby finds herself outside, and <laughs> Rosemary says, Is this your son? And throws him off. And Rebby, like, dives on the sidewalk and catches him, just freaking out. It's not the real baby, it's a dummy baby. But she hey, did make the you, catch. You don't know. The baby, he would have been fine. You don't know. Well, no, I do. Because then she looks at it and she's like, Oh, this isn't actually <laughs> Maxwell. This is a dummy baby. It's not like, Oh, it. it it was a plant like a stunt for the show no it's like she didn't yeah in kayfabe she did not throw the baby off the roof right 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 i don't know what happened after that because the next you're like oh so does she have maxel no she doesn't because two minutes later senor benjamin comes running out of the house with king maxel in his arms like he's fine so it they was never a double, got him. so it was a double trap it was a double swerve yeah what a twist <laughs> at any rate, at any rate, Maxwell got away. He's safe, but they've gone to war now with the Hardys and, and the Decay. They, they're going to have their own show. They're going to have another battle at the Hardy compound. It's going to be called Delete or Decay. And it's basically, you know, it all happens because of King Maxwell again. That's all I'm saying. It's, you know, he's the linchpin of... All of this madness of all of these feuds, 
and he's not even a year old yet. He's doing he's not doing his own stunts off the roof because, you know, that's just unreasonable, even if he is a hardy. But sure, sure. he is right here in the midst of the hottest feud of 2016. And they have another just absolutely bananas pay-per-view match in Delete or Decay. And it's all because of King Maxwell. That's the common theme here. I was waiting for your delete or decay reactions. I assume that means you have none. Uh, no, I, I to be honest, I don't even think I've seen that match. Oh man, okay. Well, I just, I've again. seen. I, I saw the final deletion, and there was the there was the other one they did. They, mm-hmm, they did two we're getting of them. To that. Yeah, yeah, and I saw both of those, and then I've seen just various, you know, clips and just you know, because fo- I was following it, you know, a little bit. So I've seen that, but I haven't necessarily seen all the matches. Well, that's so fine. that's why so, I'm so, enjoying hearing you talk about them. Well, see, I didn't I didn't do a ton of research into this one specifically because, again, I knew the full Broken Hardy saga, giving it all the justice it deserves is like three hours long. Sure. Of course. It's another crazy gimmicky match on the Hardy compound. There's weapons involved. There's a dilapidated boat featured. We never mentioned this until this point, but if you still don't know, Matt Hardy has a sentient drone called Vanguard One. Yep. He flies around and shoots fireworks at them, like raining fire from the sky. During basically, their match. they've like strapped Roman candles to it, and then yeah. they they take it off and it shoots thing. It shoots the Roman candles. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So what once was the final deletion, a fight between Matt and Jeff, has now escalated into gang warfare, where it's the entire Hardy family. <laughs> versus decay this creepy zombie gang it's it's absolutely bananas it's a great time that's kind of all you need to know and the story keeps going and now the hardys are feuding with another faction i believe i don't know a lot about them they're going by dcc but they're basically just creepy guys in masks their real name was the death crew council uh, if you Google them, you see pictures of them. They look like it's like the cover of a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. Like they just have like black hoodies and white ties and white like Michael Myers looking masks. And ooh, it's creepy. I don't really care about them, but they're feuding with the Hardys. But so they, we're in they, for they, a they good fit. time. It fits. Yeah. No, it works. That's about the best way I can put it. And as the year winds to a close, this year 2016, or as we're going to refer to it, the, the year of King Maxwell, because it's really always been about him from day one. Of course. Matt Hardy has been promoting and promising and hyping up Total Nonstop Deletion. This is an episode of Total Nonstop Action that aired on December 15th, 2016, and it was an entire episode of TNA television broadcast from the Hardy compound in North Carolina. It wasn't a segment or a pay-per-view match. It was a two-hour show. Basically, the peak of professional wrestling as we know it. Basically. Yeah, basically. Basically. And as the show opens, it's honestly amazing because it feels like an indie show. Like, it really does. does. The camera (laughs) angles are different. The lighting is different. Like, Matt Hardy, in case, again... You didn't pause it the second time I mentioned it and go watch the final deletion. So you still don't know what we're talking about. Matt Hardy has a wrestling ring in a warehouse in his backyard, and they have now set it up and lit it and decorated it like it's a proper wrestling promotion. There are 50 people in the crowd. Exactly 50, (laughs) actually, by invite. 
which Matt Hardy mentions specifically, 50 of his closest followers. I don't know if that just means he put out an ad on Facebook. The I'm day pretty sure what, that it's but, just the population of Cameron there. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, he says he comes to the ring as they introduce the show and says this, the police from the state of North Carolina have shut down the city of Cameron for the day. Right. So you may be right. It may literally be a ghost town out there. <laughs> I mean, for all it, the, I mean, if you're in Cameron, North Carolina, this is by far the biggest thing to have ever happened there. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to go sometime just to see if you see Jeff Hardy like drive past you on his dirt bike. You know, probably would. Yeah, probably. And tell him to put a helmet on because he's gonna die. It's not safe. <laughs> but uh, Matt makes his way to the ring. He opens the show, and it's really it feels like an indie promotion, and it almost feels like a weird predecessor to All Elite, just because it's hey, here's this upstart guy doing something creative. And now running his own show and taking like slight shots at WWE the entire time and just weird little in jokes. And he starts talking about how this is going to be a great night and it's going to end with the tag team. What do they call? Uh, what is the tag team match called, Mark? Do you remember? I don't remember exactly the term for it. Ah, uh, shoot. Um, Apocalypto, I, maybe? I think the tag team Apocalypto or yeah, something it's, like that. It's something weird like that. It's the final, you know, it's this crazy like tornado tag match between the hardys and dcc and like every other tag team on the planet the whole pitch is that it takes place at the hardy compound so like it's to determine the best competitors in all of time and space like the original <laughs> rock and roll express is there they're part of it it's of course it's really something again we don't have time to get into all of it right now because this is the year of king maxwell and this is the night that king maxwell makes his in-ring Debut. Now, this is not like an impromptu match. I just want to point that out. This has been a selling point for the show. Matt has been teasing this and hyping this for weeks. Like, this would be the reason a lot of people tuned into the show. Maybe that's not true. This is the reason I would have tuned into the show <laughs> if I had known that this was happening. I'll be oh, honest. And th this is one of the reasons I did t tune into this show. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got an opponent all set up and he starts to talk about it, but he's interrupted. By a weird little British man by the name of Rockstar Spud. Which, by the way, one of the greatest names in professional wrestling. And in it's my really a shame that he doesn't still use it. It really is. Because when you hear Drake Maverick, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's just a normal guy. When you hear Rockstar Spud and you see a man that stands <laughs> at what looks like five feet six inches tall. Hey, hey, like, hey, oh, I, I think it. he's shorter than that. But you understand pretty much immediately what you're dealing with. Is that fair to say? Yes. It, it, the name fits the frame perfectly. Yeah. So Rockstar Spud makes his way to the ring and takes a surprisingly genuine approach to this and just For says, your hey, information, man, uh, Rockstar Spud is five foot four. I was about to Google that, dang it. You beat me to it. There he is. Five foot, good grief, he's so tiny. That's ridiculous. I would I would tower over him. Now I'm just looking at everyone's height, Mark. You've got us going down a real bad rabbit hole here. <laughs> it's not something That'll, I like to look at. The new segment, Behind the Gorilla, reads people's heights for 30 minutes. <laughs> One of these days. Oh my goodness. So he makes his way down to the ring, and he starts cutting a promo just running down the Hardy family. Right. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of your wife. I'm sick of your brother. I'm sick of your stupid gardener. 
But most of all, I'm sick of your little greenhorned one-year-old son who's taking my television time. That's a pretty valid point, and if the Hardys weren't so over, everyone would agree with Rockstar Spud. Because, like, it's a common complaint in professional wrestling. Like, we want to see more of this guy and not as much John Cena or not as much Roman Reigns. Well, now the Hardys are, like, the biggest names in TNA, and they're just monopolizing the best time on television every week, doing stuff that is, like, barely wrestling. (laughs) Barely pro wrestling, you know? Or very pro wrestling, depending on how you look at it. Right, but in terms of, like, in-ring action, it's barely pro wrestling. It's just really interesting production values and a melodrama. But nobody cares because it's King Maxwell and everyone loves him. Everyone loves to see the Hardy family. So Rockstar Spud goes out there. He cuts that little, you know, Dolph Ziggler promo. And then he says, I want to be King Maxwell's first match. I want your stupid kid gone. And I know like there's a great way to get like cheap heat when you're like oh i'm gonna sleep with your woman or man or whatever the case may be or i'm gonna beat up your dad threatening to beat up someone's child is a really unexplored area of professional wrestling and i wish we would get more into that like i know they don't want to do intergender violence but if you just have someone be like hey i'm gonna kick your kid right in the head just right right in his little face and like t's doing it there's a part of you that's like oh they might actually do that boo (laughs) That's they awesome. might actually do that. The only one that I can think of off the top of my head is New Day was cutting a promo once. And Kofi said, if you can't get your kids to behave, the New Day will come to your house and we will fight your children. He has said that. Fair. That's fair. I, I remember that distinctly because that's one of those moments where like the other people in the ring kind of broke for a second. <laughs> it was lovely. But that is exactly what Drake Maverick is threatening to do here. And it almost reminds me, Mark, of your topic from last week where he's like, I don't appreciate your underage son coming into the wrestling business and making a mockery of everything we do. So I'm going to work a little stiff on him. I'm going to stretch him out and I'm going to teach him some respect. (laughs) That's exactly what rockstar spud says. Oh, it's perfect. But then he says, you know, and, and then he breaks the fourth wall again. He's like, and after that, you can do what you always do, which is, you know, push your own flesh and blood to the top of the card and bury me, right? <laughs> and then King Maxwell makes his debut. And the Hardys theme song is playing, and he rolls out the curtain in a Power Wheels. It's, it's, it's a little baby car. Now, theoretically, somebody else could be driving it. I like to think that King Maxwell is driving it because he's just a wonder boy and there's nothing he can't do. As he makes his way down to the ring, by the way, commentary immediately points out, oh, that's a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> that's a Mercedes Benz power wheel. Look at him. And he, he wheels his way up to the ring and his mother's right behind him and, you know, picks him up and helps him get into the ring. And then Matt says, well, he, Matt, Matt clearly doesn't have any doubts. He has a lot of faith in his kid because he decides as commissioner of total nonstop deletion to make the match – a no DQ match. And I, 
I, I would kind of have a lot of respect for them if they just had Drake like pin him instantly and win. That would be kind of hilarious. <laughs> just very unexpected, great way to get heel heat and like talk about how you're undefeated against children. Sort of like um, uh, how am I? I? Sort of like the intergender wrestling belt, you know, that we've talked about. Yeah, it pre- yeah, pretty much exactly like um, yeah, like Andy Kaufman. Exactly. Be- beating like, the women all the time. Yeah. Like Drake Maverick could be the undisputed children's wrestler or something like that. Rockstar <laughs> Spud, undisputed children's wrestler. Uh, that doesn't happen because Senior Benzeman hits him with a taser immediately, just just instantly. The second after the bell rings, Rockstar Spud is down because, you know, he's five foot four and he just got lit up with a taser. His little body can't <laughs> handle it. He's just dead on the floor and King Maxwell is placed on top, falls on top of him. Gets the pin one two three, and King Maxwell is one and zero, undefeated in his career, and it's beautiful, man. It's just fantastic. The crowd goes wild, and they pick up him, they pick up Baby Maxwell, and they all do the delete thing, and then the rest of the show goes on, and some other stuff happens. That's not nearly as interesting because this is the pinnacle of King Maxwell, Mark. <laughs> this is just absolutely crushing, and. Like a lot of great wrestlers, King Maxwell is pretty part-time today. This was sort of his uh, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 moment. It'll probably be the peak of his career, at least for the foreseeable future, until something <laughs> else really drastically changes. But he hasn't been completely inactive in the years since this happened either. This was at the end of 2016. He was about one year old, already has one win under his belt. And he's done some other stuff, too. You know, his his dad, Matt, came back, rejoined WWE, had a pretty great run. Better than it had any right to be. I think better than a lot of us expected it to be. He was tag team champions with Bray Wyatt for a minute there. And he made his debut, actually, with his father at a house show. This was only this year. I have just a couple different little tidbits <laughs> to let you know that King Maxwell is still out there. And he's watching and waiting for his chance. At one one live show... He joined his father, gave him a little high five. The revival came by and like talked a little trash to him. But then ultimately they won. They took Maxwell into the ring, and it's it's absolutely adorable. I would guess he's like two or three at this point, and he's doing the delete thing like with his father <laughs> with his little arm, <laughs> trying to keep up and posing with Bray Wyatt. Uh, WWE posted this on their Twitter feed, and. Scott Dawson just commented immediately, take this down, please. Because <laughs> they had, it wasn't just like they beat the Revival. It was like they knocked Scott Dawson down and then put Maxwell on top of him to get the pin. And he wasn't the legal man, but I'm going to go ahead and say that makes him 2-0 and lifetime. This is against two, you know, pretty intense competitors. So he's got about a win for every year of life at this point, which is a pretty great <laughs> average. It's a great average. Yeah. Scott Dawson says, take this down. Matt replies, never, you know, in broken voice. And then Dash, this is why the Revival are great. Dash Wilder just comes right back and threatens to hit the kid with a shatter machine. Just right there. (laughs) He's literally like, hey, that kid better show us in the business some respect or he's going to meet the machine that shatters. Which, if you don't know, that's the Revival's finishing move where they just drop you right onto their knees and just break your entire face open. Yes. It's absolutely devastating, and they're going to hit it on a three-year-old if they ever get the chance. That's canon. <laughs> it's 
so we got that going on. Apparently, like Michael Cole mentioned him by name once or twice when uh, when Hardy was on TV a lot as the tag team champion. So he's tried to pitch fights with Michael Cole on Twitter. He's called him out a few times and said, you know, because King Maxwell does have a Twitter. Obviously, he's oh, one yes, of the brightest stars in the wrestling world. And he's called out Michael Cole and said, hey, listen, you better show some respect when you talk to me or I'm Fair sitting enough. right here in the front row. You know, you can come get some of this. So there is potential here, Mark, for that WrestleMania in 2035. It could be a rematch of WrestleMania 27 in the sense that it's Michael Cole versus the King. But in this case, it won't be Jerry Lawler. It will be King Maxwell. So we have that to look forward to as well. I'm ready so, for it. So, you know, we have a 2-0 and lifetime record. There's an asterisk by that, but it's fine. 2-0 and lifetime record. Wins against Rockstar Spud, now Drake Maverick in WWE, and... Uh, Scott Dawson of The Revival, one of the best tag teams on the planet. And we're going to finish this story, the legend of King Maxwell so far, with the time that he won a title. I'm not making any of this up. So Drake Maverick, formerly known as Rockstar Spud in TNA, came to WWE and before too long found himself in a massive feud with R-Truth, over the 24-7 championship. Uh, yes. 24-7 championship, as we all know, does exactly what its name implies, which just means that it has to be defended 24 hours a day, right. seven days a week. It's the new hardcore title. You can get pinned for it anywhere. Drake Maverick pretty much has been pinned for it everywhere. <laughs> but still Inclu- somehow manages to get it back. Usually manages to get it back. I'm glad you brought that up because we'll get back to it. But at one point, Truth was chasing him for this title, and Drake, being the competitor that he is, kept the title heading into his own wedding. Now, you might think a sensible man would be like, look, it's on television every night. I'm just going to leave it for a week and then come back and get it next week. Not Drake Maverick, to his credit. He says, no, I want this title. I'm keeping it, even on the most important day of my life, when who knows how many lunatics could come crashing through the door Legally knock me down, assault me, pin me in front of my wife, and steal this away from me. I'm going to risk it. And the day of his wedding, many of his wrestling friends were there, which again seems like a mistake given that he holds the 24-7 championship at this point. But he invited them anyway. And uh, one of the people (sighs) he invited was Max and Rebby Hardy. And they were there and they brought their sons and, you know, King Maxwell being the oldest and the heir to the throne and having something of a history – with this man getting married today, they post a picture on Instagram and rock spot rockstar spud says, Hey, no hard feelings. We've buried the hatchet and it's him. And he's posing with Maxwell Hardy and the 24 seven championship. <laughs> and if you go look this post up, we, we, we didn't get any footage of it happening, but if you look this post up, there's one comment right below that. Uh, it's King Maxwell himself. Posting a video of himself fleeing the scene, holding the 24-7 title. So while we don't have actual video confirmation that he's the one who pinned Rockstar Spud to steal the 24-7 title, it's making him 2-0 lifetime, 2-0 lifetime against Rockstar Spud slash Drake Maverick, he had the title. And I don't think his parents would have let him just steal a title that didn't belong to him. I'm pretty sure he earned that title. And not only is Maxwell Hardy 2-0 lifetime, he is now the proud owner of the WWE 
24-7 championship. We Yay. have video footage of this. Yay. It's real. It happened. Yeah, Nicholas, you think you're hot being a tag team champion at age 10? Absolutely not. King Maxwell, he's doing it at three or four, and it's a singles title. He didn't even have to lean on anyone else to win that. Woo. He did that himself. Take that. Yeah. Show some respect for King Maxwell. Now, the sad thing is, the same way we can clearly infer that he took the title, rightfully won it, and should be regarded as the youngest champion in WWE history, we can also see that he he has now lost a match. He must be at least 2-1. and one. Because Drake Maverick had the title back later when he actually got married. Oh, um, man. Our truth would roll him up on his wedding day in front of his wife and the preacher and everyone else on the planet. It was a terrible idea. But the implication here is clearly not only did he lose to King Maxwell, he then later on his own wedding day tracked down this child and either pinned or submitted him <laughs> or submitted him. To regain the championship. Oh, man. So, total heel move from Drake Maverick. But also, if you hold the 24-7 championship, that's kind of what you get. Maybe it was a gentle roll-up. Maybe he got him while he was taking a nap. We can only speculate for now. But, yeah, that, to this point, is the career of the greatest king in wrestling, King Maxwell. I think he's got a long way to go. I'm very excited to see what else he can do. He was featured in that uh, Hardy Halloween special. Yes, he uh, was. Clearing a corn maze, which I believe is some new form of cross training. So he's out there. He's getting ready for his next match. He'll be ready when it comes. But until that day, if you didn't know about King Maxwell, you do now. You do now. And when Baron Corbin wins the King of the Ring in two weeks, and we all think, well, this is pretty lame. Just remember, he's not the real king of wrestling. No, he's not. Or even of WWE. I couldn't think of any anything else <laughs> snarky to say about Baron Corbin there. I'm yeah. not that clever. It's, also, it's, they just wanted, they're going to do like the King Baron thing because they think it's funny because it's like double the authority. But that's okay, you know? Because we fine. can just think of King Maxwell and all feel happy deep down inside. All hail King Maxwell. We just have to remember that King Maxwell is the real king of the ring. That's right. That's always right. always and forever. Always and forever. He's going to swing the Wednesday Night Wars when he makes his debut in NXT, too. I'm calling it. Oh, it wouldn't even... Yeah, yeah. That, yeah AEW would be in trouble. That's, that's a game sure. changer. Like, CM Punk would be pretty good, but King Maxwell, it's game over. Different level. Yeah. Different level. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. That was great. That's about all I got, and consider that a teaser, because someday we will absolutely do Broken Matt Hardy. I know it was pretty recent, but I think we both agree that is one of the most ludicrous things that's ever happened in pro wrestling, and it needs to be discussed. Yes. Yes, it definitely does, and it definitely will be. It'll it'll, it'll happen at some point. Um, Maybe not anytime super quickly, because we just talked about this, but it, it definitely will come up on the show. For sure, you can you can you can bet on that. All right, well, do you want do you want to read some wrestlers' heights real quick, or should we just end it here? I think we should just end it here. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was a this was a solid one, another good episode, a lot of a lot of interesting interesting uh, topics discussed, and uh, hopefully you hopefully you enjoyed it as well. So if you did enjoy it. 
Go ahead and give us a rating or review on iTunes. Those are always helpful. Follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Um, go ahead and do that. And we, we follow back wrestling fans. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Markbrand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. And Brodus Clay is six foot seven inches tall. Wow. There we go. And, uh, yeah, that's really all I got. Normally, we like to end with uh, our What's Up with David or Cup, but we started it with, with that one this time, so we don't have anything else. So that does it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris, the we'll... same height as David Arquette, who is 5'10". <laughs> we'll Happy talk... birthday, David Arquette. We'll talk to you guys next week. Happy birthday, Mr. David